The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You are listening to your inner voice with me, Elias Patras. Connect, educate, and grow as you tap into your inner voice and unleash the power of your intuition and self-discovery. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Welcome, 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 everybody. I am so excited to be here with you today. And how exciting and thrilling to have our first guest, our first guest here on our podcast. I can't wait to have you listen to her expertise, her background, her knowledge, and the just nuggets of information that she's going to give you today. First, let me start out with this. Please head to the App Store and download the free mindbodyspirit.fm mobile app for iPhone or Android. You can leave me a message and it might just make it on the show. Just look for the open mic icon at the bottom of your screen and follow the directions. Well, let me just tell you, without further ado, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Amy Fine Reeves. She is the founder and CEO of Hire a Hiring Manager, formerly Job Coach Amy, a Boston-based consultancy where she leverages her experience of over 25 years in the corporate world and 10 years as a career advisor to help professionals at all levels find and keep jobs that make them happy. She has been a project finance banker, global management consultant, corporate executive, nonprofit executive, and entrepreneur before starting her practice in 2012. Her work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, U.S. News and World Report, Fast Company, Bloomberg News, Business Insider, The Baltimore Sign, and Chicago Herald Tribune. She is a highly sought-after speaker, commentator, and consultant on career issues of all types, as well as the author of College to Career Explained, Tools, Skills, and Competence for Your Job Search. Her new book, Get Focused, Get Noticed, Get Hired Now, is focused on helping professionals in transition go from the Sunday night scaries to having a detailed strategy and plan. It will be available in January of 2024. Welcome, Amy. So good to have you here. Thank you so much, Elias. I'm thrilled to be here. And I, I'm so glad that you read my bio because since it's a podcast, people can't see me and tell that I'm old. So having read my bio, 
um, now everybody knows. So that's great. Thank you. Well, you started when you were five. So <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it, you've, you've done a lot since, since yes. you're done. Exactly. <laughs> I want to ask you, cause you know, I think a lot of people are wondering how do we get that job? How do we go about what to say in an interview, what to look for the interviewer, what what should I say when they ask, is there any questions that you have for me? How do we trust our gut and our intuition in knowing that we have the right answers? Wow. Well, okay. That's most of my first book, um, but let me try to break that down. So there's definitely, there, confidence comes from preparation. There's no question about that. However, I do get an awful lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening, who once they get into an interview, that flies out the window. An interview is, as there's a great deal to a job search, but, and it, and it does start, let me just preface it by saying, I, I always start with a client by, by starting with, what do you want? And that's one thing that a lot of people do make mistakes at because they start with what can I get as opposed to what do I want? And let me tell you why that isn't a um, kind of new agey thing uh, to start with what you want as opposed to what you can get. Um, here's how it goes. By the time you do get into an interview, the most important interview question is going to be, why do you want this job? And you have to have an answer that's authentic, that's enthusiastic, and that comes across as the best answer that they get, because the job is always going to go to the person who wants it the most. And I'll come back to that in a second. But if you start with what, here's a track that a lot of people go on. Well, I would really like to be an event planner because I love that feeling of having a ton of details to take care of and rushing around and feeling like at first everything's calm and coordinated and organized and I love getting organized and then all of a sudden it's a frenzy and I'm taking care of a hundred things at once and then it's done and I start planning for the next event. But I really don't have any event managing ex experience so I'm going to go be an administrative assistant again for this next job. And then it turns out you don't really want to be an administrative assistant. And that shows in your interview. And, and as a hiring manager, I can tell you, if you don't really want this job, I don't really want to hire you. So you may have all the experience and the best skills in the world. And if it doesn't come across to me, I'm not going to hire you as an administrative assistant. And then you get into the spiral. Well, oh my God, I interviewed for this job. That's exactly what I have the experience for. If I can't get that, what am I going to do? And it becomes kind of a, a cycle that you can't get out of. So go for the event planner job. And you know what? You have a lot of skills if you're a great administrative assistant. You can handle a ton of details. You have the ability to remain calm under pressure. You can deal with a lot of different people. So figure out a way to spin your experience as an administrative assistant as an, into becoming an event planner. So that's why I always start with what is it that you want to do? Let's go back to that where I where I left off a minute ago. When you get into an interview and I, I talk about, there's three things you really need to do in an interview. You need to prove that you understand what the job is, which is they often make very hard. 
you need to prove that you can do the job based on your skills and experience, which is what I was just talking about, um, transferable skills, and then that you want the job. So when I talk about how important it is to authentically say you want the job, here's what happens in just about every hiring situation I was I was ever um, leading. Uh, we would bring in a number of candidates for a first interview, smaller number of candidates for a second interview, very small pool of candidates for a final interview. I would go into a conference room with everybody on my team who was involved in the interviews and say, okay, what do you think? And people would say, no, they're all kind of the same, but this one wants it the most. Mm -hmm. And we would hire the one who wants it the most. And all of that wanting it the most goes all the way back to you starting out with picking something that you want to do, not trying to get a job that you think you can get. So that's a very long way of saying, you know, you said I, my role is to find what, why I went into this is to help people find jobs that make them happy and keep jobs that make them happy. That's one of the things that um, having an, your inner voice can really help you with from the start is to start listening to get something that makes you happy. So that's the first thing I want to say. The next thing about interviews and how hard it is to listen to that inner voice. So the thing about an interview is there is no question that you are going to be judged in an interview. I mean, that's the point of the whole thing. So it's obviously going to be really difficult. And, and a lot of what I do and what I um, espouse is preparation because it does come across how well prepared you are. However, and, and you specifically asked about um, what questions do you ask? Those are good to prepare. And, and your whole thing that supports your saying that you want the job is preparing specific reasons why you want the job, not just the job itself, but the job at the company. So you don't want to go in and just say, well, I would like this job as event planner because I'm really good with details and I like help helping people with happy things like their wedding or helping businesses create good meetings. You can say, I'm really great at working with different types of constituents constituencies like the person who delivers the flowers and the chef and the um, main client all have to be able to work together. And I love being the center wheel on those spokes. And I'm really good at helping manage the budget of, of all three of those to bring it under budget and making sure everything gets there on time. And that's what I love to do. So you have to be very specific about that. That's one thing. And that's what preparation is about is to be specific, not general. And, and then you want to say specifically, well, let's say you're, you wanted to be an event planner at a Hilton hotel. So I've always loved this property. I'd be so proud to be associated mm -hmm. with this property. I drive by. I've always driven by it for the last 10 years going to a job that I didn't like. This is a job that I'd really like. It's so beautiful. I went to a wedding here. It was gorgeous. You know, this is so that's a specific as opposed to, you know, I want to, I'd like to be a, an event planner somewhere that does weddings and big conferences. Okay. So now where I started out a few minutes ago about how people will say, Amy, I can do all the preparation in the world. And as soon as I sit down, it flies right out of my head. So here's a couple of ways to let your inner voice take over when you're out, a couple of techniques, when your outer preparation just flies away. One way to do it is to remember 
that the person who is judging you because they're sitting across the table is not judging you for everything that everyone else in your life may judge you for. So this is not your mother who, you know, has always given you a hard time about not parting your hair straight when you live. I'm looking at my part right now. My mother always said my hair part was the Rocky Road to Dublin. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, who is judging you for what you weigh, for how you did your makeup, for what you happen to be wearing that day. The person who's interviewing you, and that has been me for many, many years, does not care about any of those things. You know, if you look neat, yes. Do you need to look neat and put together? Yes. Is that very easy to do? Yes. Are we nitpicking? No. You need to just look neat and put together and confident and that's all. What we are judging you on is what is on your resume. And if your resume has gotten you in the door and your fanny into that seat, that is all we care about. What you need to do is almost pull down a window blind around both sides of you and just focus on your resume because you have earned the right to sit in that chair based on what is on your resume. And that is what we want to talk to you about. And we don't care about anything else. You need to separate the personal from the professional. And remember that you have earned your right to be in that interview based on what is on your professional resume. And that's what we want to hear from. So that's one trick. And that is really how you can, by separating those things out, really start to listen to your gut and let your inner voice come forward. So that's one kind of interview trick that seems to help a lot of people, um, you know, bring that forward, bring your interviews, inner voice forward. You know, you, you brought up some really great points and, and I want everybody that's listening to understand that we all have nerves going into a job interview. And as Amy said, you know, trusting, trusting self, really going within and saying, okay, I'm going to do the best that I can for this job. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But I, I have to tell you, you know, reading your book and going through your book and knowing that there are great tools. If you don't have Amy's book, I would definitely suggest to get it. It gives you so many details on so many topics. And it, it you have just a great way of writing it. And um, the way it is formatted in the book is amazing. So thank you for such a great book. What I think is the key for a lot of people is trusting the process. I think that is something that we talk about all over the scale of, of, you know, from traditional to non-traditional, we have to trust the process. We have to trust that this job was meant for you. This career is what you're going to get. And sometimes if the career is shortened, maybe it's a six months, maybe it's learning. What did I learn from that? that experience what did i need to gain to get me to the next job right yep and how do you handle that how does it look if somebody did go to a job for maybe six months to a year and it looks like they've job jumped how does that um well it happened to me i can tell you you know for example you know i took a job i was recruited away to a very small 
boutique consulting firm where I was paid a lot more and I had a disagreement with the owner within the first three months and I was fired. You know, I can tell people now that I, I just had a disagreement with the owner. I thought I was really smart and he didn't. At the time, it was completely devastating. You know, I didn't talk to my friends. I, it was, you know, something I didn't talk about for a really long time. It was, and it was early in my career. So I had a choice. I could have, you know, rolled up in a ball and, and gotten out of the field I was in, which was high pressure, high paying. Um, and I didn't, I went somewhere else and, uh, eventually I went back to banking and then eventually got back on track with consulting, which is what I loved. So, you know, you have a choice. I think we, something we we also learn is that, you know, resilience is a key thing in life and, and is a choice. And lo and behold, here I am talking to you, doing something that I feel is a calling, really, which is helping other people with their careers. And that experience has given me a significant depth of empathy and ability and experience to help other people. And I can tell you at age 60, it kind of happens to everybody, whether it's as significant as the, you know, as black and white as the experience that I had, or, you know, kind of making a mistake of some sort that puts you on it, you know, not quite gets you fired, but puts you on a different track or puts you in a different, um, takes you off a fast track, puts you in a different situation, um, forces you into something that you didn't really want to do. You know, not being, um, you know, not everybody is the golden child at every corporation, everywhere they go, even though it starts, it may start out that way, or it may be that way for a long time. Sorry about that siren. No, the sirens are saying it's important. <laughs> it's really important to listen to this. Go ahead. And um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a critical thing to know. And, and I, I work with younger people who it's, it happens to some people younger, like it did to me. It happens to some people older. It happens more frequently to women that they don't get back on track. And it, it kills me. Um, I think it's easier for women to take non, to go back to more traditional roots and it's harder for men. And there's no, there's, it, it should not be um, because I think we lose a lot of women to that experience that is a great loss to the the greater economy as well as i mean not necessarily women do by going back to more traditional roots women personally lose anything but the economy loses a great deal from some of the women i know for their not being a part of it yeah so uh when that happens when you do have a brief stint um what you need to remember is that the person who's on the other side probably does have a little bit of knowledge about what that's like, that things don't work out, that there are personality clashes that have not that are not your fault, that are kind of nobody's fault. People get brought on to a professional services client-driven business and the clients fall away um, faster than anybody expected. They're very legitimate reasons. And you don't have to explain. If you do explain, in an interview, the one thing, the only way that you can hurt yourself is by coming from an emotional space and talking about it in a way that you try to explain yourself in an emotional way. You want The one thing you want to remember is that you have never had a bad experience. 
You have never had a bad experience with a previous employer. You have never had a bad experience in a previous role. All you have ever had is learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to go into an experience that you had that was bad for you, it can, that you, the person is going to wonder, the interviewer is going to wonder what the other side of the story is. And it could, they are going to walk away thinking there is a 50% chance or greater that the problem was with the person I just interviewed. And I don't want that. So you are going to be positive. You are going to say you learned a lot. You are going to say you walked away with good feelings. And if you're not in a place to do that yet, don't start your job process. That's one thing that people do through, after an experience like that is to say immediately, you know, if they feel they were laid off unfairly, if they feel they were laid off too soon, their, their immediate reaction is to say, I got to call everybody I know right away. I got to start interviewing right away. And then three weeks later, they're kind of burnt out and they're like, oh my God, I, I'm in trouble, blah, blah, blah. What you need to do is take those three weeks off and just recover your balance. Listen to your inner voice. Do, do be kind of counterintuitive and say, I got to build up you know, rebuild. I got to get my headspace out of what, that job where I was probably like a cat clinging to a, a, you know, the side of a wall as I'm sliding down it and go back to a place where I feel centered and good and can think about that experience as a learning one. And then you start looking, then you start calling, then you don't feel emotional, then you don't feel like you have to vent, then you feel, you know, centered and ready to start looking. So that's one thing to remember is to not start looking until you feel as though you can come from a place where you're not emotional. I think that's really important because I think um, people that are empaths, people that are really in touch with their feelings, or they are those, I'm just going to say those people pleasers. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel that so much yeah. that it's like, oh, what did I do wrong? What did I not contribute? And how is somebody going to want to hire me for this, that, and the other? Right. I want to ask you this. So let's say somebody, somebody that was an energy worker, somebody that was maybe a spa director that did energy work that had non-traditional corporate jobs that mm -hmm. came to you and said, Amy, I need your assistance. I am about to go on an interview for a radio program or for a TV program. And I want to take my non-traditional work ethics of, you know, I go with the flow and I do this and I do that. And how can they mainstream their love for what they do energetically and what they do maybe that would be more intuitive based to put it into a mainstream understanding about here's how we're going to take the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain and mush it together. Oh, interesting. Well, there's no question that regardless of what your creative skill is, there's a business side to it. 
-hmm. So you are, if you are a spa director that does energy work, even if you are someone who is a a masseuse or a masseur that carries a table around in their car, you're somebody that is attentive to details because you have to keep a schedule. You have to keep track of addresses. You have to keep track of billing. And all of those are the kinds of details and management and organizational things that you need to use in a job. So focusing on the administrative aspects of what you have done in your job. There are three things that any hiring manager wants, regardless of whether they're in the job description or not. Those are attention to detail because nobody wants someone who messes up because they missed a small detail. They are being able to stay calm under pressure, which certainly if you're any job that deals with the public and deals with customer service and is successful at it, has that. And there's um, being well organized. And certainly anybody who um, is dealing with customer appointments, dealing again, dealing with the public um, is going to be well organized because everybody wants, you know, if you go to an employee and say, you know, how much revenue did you bring in last week? Or, you know, what what was your profit level? There's going to be lots of employees who are like, uh, 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 I let me figure, uh, I'll bring that to you in, in tomorrow. And then there's going to be employees who hit three keystrokes and tell you, you know, 635. So you want the latter, obviously. So proof of being well organized. So, you know, if you're being interviewed for your skill, whether you are an accountant or a massage therapist or an um, energy healer, there's only one way to prove that, and that is by examples. So, you know, you bring in, you know, if you want proof of that, you talk about it, and from accounting to energy healing, you use, you almost use the same metrics because you use the number of repeat clients use the number of the length of clients that number the length of time that each of those clients has been with you you know professional service is a professional service and you can use customer testimonials you can use how uh your percentage calendar your percentage of time is filled every week so if you're going like 110 that kind of thing so it really you know they're a creative i'm thinking of you know i've worked in um advertising agencies and the creatives there are not much different than the creatives for an energy healer because they're still need to run a business so those kinds of things are about getting clients how you get clients how you keep clients and how much they like you and how much it costs to get them how much it costs to keep them and how much profit you're making from them and obviously it costs a lot it doesn't cost anything to keep a client it costs a lot to get a client and to replace a client so all those kinds of business metrics are are the the same for any kind of business and i would have to say that some people not all people some people in the healing arts field are amazing, amazing at what they do, but their business business and it's too bad, really. Yeah. But the clients get upset. I mean, I for I've switched hairdressers a lot because you know I don't want to wait thirty minutes for you just because you're you know a little flighty. You do great highlights, but you're a little flighty, and I you know I don't have an extra thirty minutes to show up. I want to be done right away, and I don't want you to take two other clients while you're taking me and it matters it really does 
and and if you can source it out if you can do what you do and this is on the business side too if you can do what you do best and find other people delegate to other people what you can't do that's a really good way you know work with six other energy providers and find someone to pitch in for someone who's an assistant who can say you're done you can't give an extra 10 minutes to that person you, although you're being kind and generous and you know to give them an extra service you can have them come back for it because you have someone else in the waiting room and you're going to lose them if you keep them for an extra, you know, if you go an extra 20 minutes with this person. And I think, you know, that's something that we talked about when I taught at the Chicago School of Massage. We always said, yes, here's this piece, but the business piece, you also have to understand that it is important to be on time. It is important to take a break. It's an important to nurture self. And I think on any, every level, we yeah. need to do that. And I think we forget about that. I know a lot of people that are amazing uh, in their healing arts, but their business plan or their business format or how they organize their day, not the best. Not yeah. the best in saying, okay, like I know for myself, I could work 14 hours a day if I allowed myself to. I put in a time for lunch. I put in a time to go snuggle with the dogs for 25 minutes on the couch. I put some time in to do different things, but it is it took time to do that. I yeah. would either go, 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 and then when I would apply for whatever job it was, or if I did, I remember when I was talking to a TV producer for a local television station, they're like, well, what do you have to give us? And that is a key point on any interview. What yes. is, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I usually cover that earlier on in terms of sending a resume and a cover letter and just getting the attention is um, a lot of people just present themselves in a way that says, here I am, I'm great. And those are not the resumes and cover letters that stand out. The resumes and cover letters that stand out are the ones that say, here's why I'm great for you. And the example I usually give is, is imagine, Elias, you're applying to be on staff at Canyon Ranch. And they get 100 energy workers, resumes or CVs from 100 energy workers every day. Let's say it was flipped and there's Cannon Ranch, um, Miraval, all of them are desperate for energy workers. And you get a hundred um, marketing things from them is offering you a job a day. And 98 of them say, here's why we're the best place to work. And two of them say, Elias, we're the best place to work for you because we specialize in empowerment and we let you bring your dogs to work. And we're especially, we have a lot of Greek cuisine and we are, you know, we'll let you go home on the weekends to see um, John in Oregon. And we know you love, you know, being by the water and we're by the water. Which ones would stand out? It's those two, right? So well, you had me at the Greek food alone. <laughs> I mean, that in itself, <laughs> if you're going to talk food and you throw in chocolate, I'm all over it. <laughs> it's like, when are you going to hire me? So 
Exactly. And that's easy to do. That's a few extra sentences about why you want to work specifically for this firm and specifically want this job. So that's how you, that's what's in my, you know, that's the get noticed part of my second book. Um, and it's in the first book too, but yeah, that's, that's what makes all the difference in the, um, uh, in getting noticed. And I, I, if I can, I'm jumping around here, but I have stuff popping into my head, um, going back to interviewing and uh, two more tricks for getting over interviewing nerves. The first one is, um, I want everybody to remember that the person sitting on the other side of the table from you really, really wants you to be the one. We're not sitting there thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to trip this person up in the first 30 seconds, and then we're all gonna have a good laugh. This person is really tired of interviewing. They're angry that a position is open. They they have to do the work of this person who's left, and it's extra time out of their day to interview, look at resumes. They want this position filled as fast as possible. And if you are the one, they're gonna be so excited. So they come in thinking, oh my gosh, I hope this person is the one. I have such high hopes and I'm going to give them every benefit of the doubt. So this person is rooting for you. They are not looking for a gotcha. That's the first thing to remember. That's So the second thing is, is for you um, to get psyched up before you go. The one thing that helps a lot of people is to have this mindset. Imagine that you have already interviewed, when you're getting ready for the interview, imagine that you've already interviewed, that it did not go as well because you were really nervous and that a magical, and that Elias has come to you and said, guess what? I have a magical time turner. I'm giving you a second chance. And you're going in today for your second chance. And this time, you're not going to be afraid. You're not going to let anything stand in your way. You are going to nail it. Go in like it's your second chance and it's your it's a magical rebirth of everything that you wanted to get right the first time. And then that take that level of enthusiasm in. And that seems to help a lot of my clients. That's a great piece of advice because I think people get so nervous about that. Oh my God, here we go. But if it's like, here's your second chance. Yeah. I'm going to prove yeah. to so myself and, do and to the other person and do it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. just do it. I think that's amazing. That's amazing. What would you say, Amy, is your, I hate to say favorite, but I'm going to, what is your favorite type of client to work with? People who uh, see that this is a job it really takes uh, work to do this. And I love working with people um, who are curious and who just like learning. And I love just anybody who is appreciative learning about the types of jobs there are and open to the types of jobs there are. I always, I just was on the phone uh, earlier with somebody uh, in college and we were talking about the ways to apply her courses and the kinds of things she likes to do to careers. And I, I like to say, you know, people always say, if, you know, anything you want to do or anything you want to help with, there's an app for that. And it really is true that anything that I always ask people, what are three things that you are good at? And what are three things that you like doing? Really, if what whatever that is, there really is a job for that. And it's, it's the, most frustrating thing for me that really nobody kind of knows what 
jobs there are. And I will tell you one of my favorite things uh, that I, one of the things I do at Canyon Ranch is have a seminar on what people actually do. And uh, the guests come in and they'll, they'll say, um, they ask what their spouse does, what their parent, child, sibling actually does. And if you give me their title and their company, I can tell you, you know, cause it's weird cause I've worked in so many different industries what that person actually does every day and what their goals are in a way that is, you know, easy to understand. It's like a, it's like a party trick translation, just explaining to people that business is not a black box and what you do every day is fun and rewarding and fascinating. The tools that are available now and the fields that are, have been created, even since I got out of school, even since I, the 10 years since I've been doing this are just so interesting. And they're going to get even more interesting as AI becomes, you know, more part of everybody's work. And it's just really, it, business is so much fun and so interesting. I mean, you know, what you do is so fascinating to everybody. And I think what I do is just fascinating as well, because I'm introducing a whole world of things that people previously thought was like a black box and telling people, you know, it's one of the chapters in my book is how many jobs does it take to bring you a cup of coffee in the morning? And just going through, you know, the fact that by the time you get your coffee, somebody has, you know, gone to somebody who works either for Starbucks or independently has gone to a plantation in somewhere else in the world and planted those coffee beans, bought them, got them transported. Somebody has, you know, uh, there's a grinding facility. Somebody's, you know, a scientist has mixed the best blend. Somebody to get that cup, there's, you know, coffee cups are but if you go to a Starbucks or one of the big ones, you know, there's you can't sell coffee without cups, but there's a limited amount of inventory space in an urban Starbucks that you can't have just mountains of cups. Somebody runs an algorithm to say, how many cups do you sell every day? So how many do we deliver and how many do you keep in inventory? Because they don't have a huge Costco size warehouse of cups that they can keep there. A designer has designed the music, the boards, what other merchandise they sell. Somebody's bought the tables, somebody's delivered the tables. You know, so it's not just training the baristas and, you know, getting something out the door. Uh, uh, somebody's, you know, designed those machines, sold those machines to Starbucks. Somebody keeps the maintenance on them. You know, everywhere you look, there's jobs and some of them could be really interesting to you. So um, that's what's fun for me is just opening people's eyes. I think what you do is fascinating. And I have the privilege of watching you talk to a group of people over a weekend and how you just were so naturally telling them some very key points that when you hear it, it makes sense, but you don't think of that. It's very because, common sense. Yeah. it's That's another thing I really love. It's very commonsensical. Yeah. And you do it with finesse. You do it with ease and uh, you're very, very approachable. I would love to invite you back sometime so we can talk more. I think it's just fascinating for people to know that there are common skills. There is trusting that intuition and that inner voice within and applying traditional with non-traditional so you can move into a spot where you are ready, able, and have the ability to say yes to the job. And like I always say, yes to self. Yes. So important. So yeah. important. 
I want to let everybody know that in the coming weeks, um, actually, I'm going to bump that up. Next next time we're on, I'll be doing something called Intuitive Bites. When you sign up to be on my email list, I will pick two or three people each podcast coming up and give a quick intuitive impression or an intuitive bite from what I'm receiving for Ooh. you. Ooh. That's exciting, right? Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Amy, again, thank you so much for being here. If you want to tell everybody your website address. Yeah, uh, it's hireahiringmanager.com. I also have a mailing list. I have a couple of downloadable products. One is uh, the best way to get references. Uh, one is getting an internship that's going to be dropping very soon and more to come. My second, as as um, Elias said, my first book, College to Career Explained, is available on Amazon. And my second, which is more for professionals in transition, is going to be available in early 2024. I have an email on my website if you'd like to be on my advanced reader team and get an early copy of that and um, for a reduced price and uh, leave a review on Amazon. I would love to hear from you. And uh, thank you so much for listening and being a fan of my good friend, Elias. And I want to tell everybody that we will have the link um, for Amy's website available for all of you. Everyone, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Remember to always trust your inner voice. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit my website at www.eliaspatris.com. We are here to connect. And when we connect, we educate. And when we educate, we grow. There is unity in community. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. .fm podcast network.